Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We're really glad that you picked this podcast to listen to among the many options of great podcasts out there. We would love it if you leave a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast as they search for student ministry stuff. It also helps us get better, which we want to continually do. So as you leave a rating and review, make sure you leave some suggestions for us. Make sure you leave a couple topics that you want us to hit, and we read each and every one of those. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, also hosting with me today, the one and only producer, Nathan. What's up? How's it going? It's good, man. You feeling all right today? Ready for another? Ready for another day? I am getting there, recovering from some sleep, but from camp. <laughs> but we are getting there. I love it though, man. There's just nothing quite like camp. Yeah, we've got so we uh, we have several lined up today. If you listen to these in the order of release, and so uh, Nathan has just returned from camp, and we have we have a full day of talking, which I'm sure is great for him having landed late last night in Nashville. So if you have been around student ministry for any time at all, our guest today is not going to be new to you. We are thrilled to have Dr. Alan Jackson with us. Let me introduce you to him just in case you need a refresher. Dr. Alan Jackson is a senior pastor at Dunwoody Baptist Church, but formerly professor of youth ministry at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, founder and director of the Youth Ministry Institute. His job at the seminary was to be a youth minister to youth ministers. And if you have ever met Alan, then that statement, I think, encapsulates who he is as a person. His heart has always been to pastor people. He's passionate about preaching, discipleship, and loving on people. In addition to being a pastor, he also leads volunteer youth worker training events, marriage conferences, preaches youth camps, revivals, and church-wide events. He is married, two children who are adults now, and have been through the student ministry years. Dr. Jackson, we are thrilled that you have carved out time to be with us today. Thank you so ben, much. Ben, I'm honored to be asked. It's good to uh, to kind of have a reunion with friends. I've been a local church for seven years now, and uh, uh, it was uh, just a little thrilled to be uh, back in the loop. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, and love that you are still connected to student ministry in a lot of ways. At both at your church and, and still around the country to do training events and, and New Orleans and things like that. Well, we wanted to talk today about apathy in student ministry. And let me set up for just, just a second. When we are out and when we poll student pastors, either through direct communication that we have with them or through our online community uh, at Youth Ministry Booster, an increased response in here's what I'm dealing with. We'll ask, hey, what are some of the top struggles that you have in, in ministry right now? We have seen on the rise student pastors saying, man, one of the top struggles I have is apathy in my teenagers. How do I deal with that? How do I attack that? How do I, how do I fix apathy? Well, and we wanted to talk, Alan, to you about this because you have a, 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 a lot of years of seeing youth ministry. And certainly apathy in student ministry is not a new thing, but perhaps on the rise. And so I would throw that out to you just off the top. Our first question, apathy in teenagers in the ministry. How do you, how do you attack it? Maybe uh, identify it first. Are we talking about spiritual disengagement? Are we talking about, I'm just so overwhelmed with all of the things that are going on 
that this is the thing that I've compartmentalized out of my life because I am so full of uh, now athletics are back and cheerleading is back and student government is back and band is back and um, all the other extracurricular things are back is, is the, is, is the spiritual experience just getting the back burner. Hmm. Then there are probably students who are um, maybe listening to the, the crowd noise in the culture and, and, Almost everything they're hearing is suggesting that faith is what did Marx call it? The opiate of the people mm-hmm. that, that, that faith is just a feel good thing. It's not genuine. It's not real. It's a, it's a placebo for dealing with life. And maybe, maybe some students have heard a lot of that noise and it has driven them to a, an uncertainty uh, about their faith. Um, and, and then there are some probably that are just apathetic. They just don't care. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's probable that those students don't care about a lot of things, um, that, that they are so overwhelmed with having to make decisions or having to deal with, uh, drama at home or at school or in their friend circles, that they just sort of build up a wall and, and, and don't allow themselves to care about much of anything. So part, part of what I think a youth minister's goal or task is, is to identify with a particular student. What it, what, what is it, what, what flavor is it that's caused them to kind of back away? So I, I want to bring this up, not as a, a condemnation or a attack at youth ministry leaders at all. I want to bring this up as, as an encouragement to youth pastors, because I know that's your heart. That is our heart through Lifeway students. And and that's why I'm at Lifeway is to be an encouragement and, and to youth pastors. Part of this equation that we were talking about just before we pressed record is could some of the apathy in our teenagers be as a result in apathy, maybe creeping into our own lives or creeping into the lives of the adults that are serving in student ministry. Cause I know simultaneously to an increase in apathy among teenagers, we have an increase in volunteer shortage in the church. And so those two tracks can be running side by side and influencing each other. So I would love again, and that this is youth pastors, please hear me. This is not a well, they're apathetic because you are. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right. But what I'm saying is, as we evaluate this and figure out how to attack it, we have to ask the question, is some of this creeping into leadership as well as the students' lives themselves? I'd love for you to, to respond and speak into that. I hear you, Ben, and I hear all of us. Uh, and, and you know, the sort of the common thing, let's blame it on COVID, um, right. blame it on the pandemic. Uh, but but there's some reality there in, you know, the old thing in youth ministry is uh, that that when a youth minister comes brand new to a church, those of us who are veterans sometimes say, well, y- you it, it's it's hit or miss whether you're going to get the juniors and seniors. Mm. You know, it's you, you you're probably going to build your student ministry from the middle school up, you're, you're probably going to really connect with them and develop them as leaders. Well, COVID made all of us be brand new youth ministers Mm. because we had nobody for two years. 
That's right. We had we we had some students that that stayed connected, but all of a sudden you you weren't developing your your sophomores and your freshmen to be student leaders as juniors and seniors and and for a lot of student ministers that I've talked to it was it was just uh, it, it was uncharted territory. We we didn't know what to do when our students weren't allowed to be part of ministry. And, you know, churches on a bigger scale, you know, wrestled with it, too. How do we live stream? How do we uh, when do we reopen? How do we reopen? How do we keep it safe? What's, you know, myth or not myth? So I think I think that that for a lot of student ministers, I would just encourage them to look at it as an opportunity to start brand new, that that the, the things they didn't really like or the things that weren't working, don't bring them back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. you know, let them let them die let let that let the let it be brand new with the thought that um the thing that drew most of us to student ministry even when we were students was that some volunteer looked us in the eye and said you matter yeah and and maybe they didn't say those words but they they somehow communicated to us and it it wasn't about the arcade games and it wasn't about the band it was about a volunteer connecting with a student and the, the great part of that is that the apathy that might exist in that volunteer, it melts away when a student says, thank you. Thank you for, for being here for me. Now, they, they may dash off to be with friends, but there was a, a moment of connection where God said to you as a student volunteer, what you're doing makes a difference. Yeah. And that keeps you going for another 10 years. You know, what you're doing makes a difference. And there's the, the, when we have to reinvent everything because of a pandemic, um, my thought was, and at least here at our church, we're trying to go back to the thing that matters most, and that's connecting with students and helping them develop as leaders. And um, I think it was Andy Stanley on a, a podcast with Newhoff not too long ago, he said, he said, even at North Point, we've had to stop focusing on the people that aren't here and grieving over the fact that they're gone to say, look at the people who are here. Look who God has given us. Yeah. Look who we have the opportunity. And, and sometimes apathy is just overwhelmed. Hmm. And there's a lot there. I, I think it's not just apathy, it's overwhelmed is an important thing for people to consider, especially leaders as you evaluate where you are in this and where your volunteers are in this. And if we're not seeing the output that we want in any of these situations from any of these groups of people, teenagers, parents, volunteers, yourself, maybe other leaders on the staff, it may not be apathy. It might be overwhelmed. And I know that some of you are like, well, they're mentioning COVID again. And that was two years ago. And can't we just move on? Well, here's the reality. This has a long lasting impact. It has changed the game. And so unless we're willing to recognize that, then we don't need to stop. Like we need to keep pointing back to this as a real source. And if you've already chartered your bus for youth camp this year, you, you know the impact of this. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, if you've already if you've already tried to make any kind of arrangements and order any kind of equipment for your youth room, the the lasting impact of COVID, it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, 
a lot of reasons for inflation, a lot of reasons for supply chain, a lot of reasons, but it doesn't matter the reasons they're real in a youth minister's life. Yeah. And it's like everything they try to do, there's some obstacle that didn't used to be there. Mm. And, and I can sure understand, um, Bennett, just uh, before we uh, push record, we were uh, talking about uh, youth ministry gatherings and how much we used to love those those times when it felt like family reunion. It occurred to me, Ben, that some of that is is part of the apathy, you know, antidote. Yeah. That I get around some other youth ministers and I realize it's it's everywhere. What are what are you trying? What are you trying? What are you trying? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've it's almost like we're the old illustration about the baby elephant that's, you know, chained to the post that by the time he's older, he can be just a chain to bamboo because he's been taught he can't get away. We've been taught to be isolated mm. in the last two years. We've been taught to, to exist on screens and to, um, to not necessarily reach out to our, our brothers and sisters in ministry because can't go anywhere, can't travel anywhere, can't be with other people, got a social distance. Well, the lingering effect of that is that we've been trained to be isolated. And I can't help but wonder if that's fed the apathy. I, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I, I think, I think it, it has certainly. And that's, you know, not to break in and, and do an ad for anything, but that is the reason why we have youth ministry booster is to put youth pastors in community with people. We have right at 500 people around the country that are connected to each other, youth pastors connected to other youth pastors. And, and this is one of the reasons why is because I do believe to use your words, that that community and connection is the antidote to apathy. I love Nathan was telling me about some of the youth ministry training events that are going on uh, regionally around the country. Yeah. And, uh, and I, the, it, it hit me right away. I, I, I just closed my eyes and pictured that room full of, of youth ministers uh, just starving for fellowship. Um, you know, when youth ministers gather, it's a little different than pastors. We don't ask how many you had last Wednesday night. <laughs> We said, what's the coolest game that you've tried that worked? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and you know, uh, it, it's, it's, I just remember the days of conclaves and Ridgecrest and Glorietta and Youth Ministry Institute and, uh, you know, the Lifeway student events. I, I remember the days when youth ministers just looked across the room and it was kind of a, a mix between an awkward school dance and a, and a reunion of old friends and the new guys were quickly embraced the nobody cared who had experience or who had status. It was just a bunch of youth ministry people talking with each other. And, and I think I would encourage our listeners to, to look for those events, Mm -hmm. to look for something to plug into, to force yourself out of the isolation that I can't help but think is linked to apathy. Now, and the yeah. students the same way, you know, they're, they're so overwhelmed with stuff that maybe they need a student pastor to say, Hey, this, let, let's find one thing that really speaks into your spirit. 
I'm yeah. not going to get upset if you don't do Sunday school and Wednesday night and girls Bible study and 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 that that maybe we put our eggs in a few baskets rather than many baskets to help kids maybe sort out some of the overwhelmingness in their world. Yeah, it's easy for us to overwhelm people with all of our church stuff too. Yeah. All of the many programs that we have. I want to zero in on something that, that we've been talking about and just call it out specifically in community being an antidote to apathy for us as leaders, then in turn must also be an antidote for apathy among the people that we lead. And so if you're evaluating your student ministry and you're saying, okay, what if apathy is a part of the issue here among our volunteer team and among our leaders? Then step two is let me gather them for community. Let me create community among these adult people and connection and provide opportunities for those leaders to be together and then cascading down into student ministry because you secret sauce yeah that that for for a youth pastor our small group is our volunteers yeah that's right and and that's um you know we we heard that from the people who were before us and uh the 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 secret sauce of volunteers is that you create a a sort of fraternity among those volunteers where they can't imagine doing anything else yeah and then when their kids roll out of uh, high school, they don't, they don't automatically quit because they, they're, they've done their time. Their kids have been there. It's like, I, I don't know where else I would go except with this, this group of people who are my people uh, at the church. So yeah, that, that is a huge, huge win for a student pastor to create community among the team. Yeah. You mentioned something a minute ago too, that I want to circle back to. And this is, this is student ministry as long as student ministry has been around. And I think sometimes we can be distracted away from it towards other things. But you mentioned the root of it. And I and and at this time specifically, as a way to attack and combat apathy, is to return to the idea of it's about a leader who looks at a student and lets them know that they matter. Like, that's it that like, we make it so complex sometimes. And I'm not against all the other things that student ministry can be, but at the root of it, that has to be a part. Like that is what keeps a student returning more than anything else. When Doug Fields published Purpose Driven Youth Ministry back in the early 90s, a lot of us looked at it and went, OK, he's he's just reinvented the wheel. And he's given us permission to not do things that that seem to be just creating a, a need for administration or resources or time or energy. It's like it's like Doug said, figure out what you want to do and order around that rather than just trying to support a bunch of activities because we think activities are what we get paid for. Mm. And as you have watched students in your care grow up and make a difference as young adults, 
Most of it's because somebody looked them in the eye and said, you matter. They, they don't even remember the roller coaster at Great American. They, <laughs> right. they remember that, hey, I rode the bus and for some reason I sat beside Mr. Al and I don't know, I, for some reason I told him about what was going on and my parents getting divorced and I don't even remember what he said, but it just seemed to help. Yeah. And there's a, there's a connection there that can't ever be broken. And that keeps us going. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And telling the stories of those things keep the volunteers going too, because it is hard work. It is, you know, for Mr. Al to show up and get on the bus and give up a day's of work or two days of work or whatever, like those, like it, it is hard work. And it's those, it's those stories of God opportunities that keeps, that keeps them going. And then to make sure that our volunteers are energized by the incredible life that's in the scriptures. Hmm. Um, We're preaching a service, a series at the church on Jonah and we call it the prophet who never got it right. And with the volunteers, I mean, with the, the, the Wednesday nights, we do a Bible study ahead of the sermon on Sunday that does a deep dive into the scripture. Hmm. And just to find that the book of Jonah is about the sovereignty of God in the midst of people who just can't seem to get it right. And, and to, to say that to youth volunteers is that, you know, we don't have to get it right. You know, I think God gave us Jonah because we're not as bad as he was. <laughs> it's still, and it still worked out, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, God wouldn't let him go. And, <laughs> and for us to draw the energy from the scriptures to say, yeah, the worldviews that our kids are being exposed to is wonky stuff. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that a college application has two pages of choices for gender. I, I, I don't, I don't even relate to that. Mm. And yet our kids are just swimming in it as a part of the soup. Yeah. And so the, for us to try to extract some biblical truth in order to simplify some things without judging those things, you know, to say to a student, I know that you have, 26 different boxes that you have the option of checking when you do a college application on gender. It used to be two. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, I I'm not going to judge that. I'm not going to say, Oh, it's horrible. It's this or that or the other, the, the scripture speaks for itself, but our students are under the pressure of that. No wonder they're apathetic. Mm. They're, they're overwhelmed. You know, we joke about people that are a little older than you, Ben, having three channels on television that they could watch. Right. <laughs> and, and now students have a virtually unlimited diet of things to do on the screen. Yeah. And whether it's the four inch screen or the 13 inch screen or the 65 inch screen, they're, they're going from input to input to input. And 
I don't remember which actress it was that was asked about social media. And she said, I don't need an infinite number of ways to feel bad about myself. Hmm. But that's kind of what it does. Yeah. It, It sets up comparisons and it's, it, I think that a lot of the apathy with our students is just a, uh, hands in their eyes and ears going no more. I can't take any more input. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so if I can't do everything, I'll do nothing. Yeah. And may not be specifically about spiritual things. It's all th- like, I'm just, I'm just checking out from all things that I need to think about or make a decision upon. Had a long conversation with a parent last night and it was actually a parent from another church. And she said, um, my son doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to engage in anything. He missed 40 days of school last year because he just didn't want to go. And I said, uh, I asked her, I said, is he online? And there was this pause like, oh, (laughs) Mm. that's where he goes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And so he can find a tribe that won't judge him, that won't challenge him, that won't make him make decisions. He can find that tribe without leaving his bedroom. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah. Well, Alan, I would love to hear the pastoral side. That's a side you always have. But in this moment, for student pastors that are, are laboring in this season and looking at their students and saying, I want to help them fall in love with Jesus and to break through this apathy and to break. I want the word of God to break through all of this noise in their life. How would you encourage this generations of youth pastors to see those things happen? I I can speak for what I've had to do, Ben, and I've had to simplify. I've had to know that everybody is somebody's hero. And that I used to say in youth ministry class as student ministers, our influence always trumps our liberty. Mm. So we have the freedom to be whatever we want to be online. We have the freedom to drink whatever we want to drink, uh, smoke whatever we want to smoke, because the Bible doesn't speak specifically to those things. But as youth pastors, we cannot underestimate the students looking at us. And so if, if I am excited about the scripture, if I get just a little giddy about Jonah, if I love sharing my faith, if I have a student with me when I casually ask a, a server at a restaurant, how can I pray for you? You matter to me. Mm. Then, then every little habit, every little excitement, every little, you know, I, I used to uh, take notes in church when I was a youth pastor sitting there, you know, students around me and I'm, I'm writing in my journal cause I'm, I'm taking notes in the sermon. Well, it, it didn't really occur to me until much later when a student said, I take notes because you took notes. Wow. Uh, I, I, I engaged during worship because you engage in worship and we all know, Alan, you can't sing, but you are enthusiastic <laughs> about it. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, so much of it is that rather than to try so hard 
to make them something be the kind of person you want them to be. Mm. And most likely they're going to catch you doing it. Yeah. Um, we have to do some soul searching. And that's why I said, uh, you know, we agree that student ministries need to get back into fellowship and with other student ministers, because if we're apathetic and jaded, we're modeling that. Mm. If we are uh, engaged in the scripture personally, if, if our testimony is staying fresh, um, I think in the, the book I wrote, Disciple, I said there's, there's five things that make up the DNA of discipleship. It's, it's personal evangelism. Are we telling people about Christ? It's, it's our story. Are we telling people how Christ revolutionized everything about us? Are we able to tell somebody else how to uh, become a follower of Christ? Are, are we serving people? Uh, you, most people who are listening, they can't see this, but uh, Nathan has a shirt on that says, Together We Serve. And, and a whole lot of apathy crushing is when we say, let's go serve somebody. Let's go make a difference in somebody's life. Let's volunteer for the special needs class. Let's... Um, we uh, volunteered in our student ministry not too long ago. Our uh, local elementary school was having, uh, uh, they were, they actually closed the old elementary school and opened a new one. And we volunteered to show up with trucks and trailers to help move the stuff they wanted to keep. And we ended up moving the whole library one day. Hmm. Uh, and, and the students were kind of engaged in it because they were serving. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's a part of it but uh, that we, we take them with us to do stuff. And it's, it's old, but it's new, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, Alan, I want to thank you uh, for being a part of this podcast today. And you personally have made a difference in student ministries that I've led, uh, looked up to you for a long time, and you, you've impacted my youth ministry journey. Uh, your book, Teach, is something that I would take volunteer leaders through. And it was, it was a part of what we did to get youth ministry volunteers ready to go. And so thank you for your investment in me and in student ministry in general. And it's been a joy to have you on. For those of us who are a little longer in the tooth, Ben, it has been a, uh, a wonderful thing to watch God raise up people who would take the baton. And I appreciate you guys more than you know what Lifeway is doing. Uh, Nathan, I, I got excited when you talked about the the regional events. And I, in my mind's eye, I pictured a couple of nuggets of teaching along with a whole lot of fellowship and swapping lies. Yep. And uh, and I just <laughs> go, okay, that's that's what it's about right there. And I'm so grateful that you guys are are, are doing that kind of stuff. Look forward to hearing the stories. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again. If you want to connect with Alan, he has several books. You can find those. I mentioned one called Teach uh, that you can find and check out. And there are a host of others. I think and then, we're about to release Teach Digitally. Okay, great. Um, I think we're about to uh, do sort of a bundle of Teach and Disciple to where they are available a little more accessible than trying to find an out of print copy. So uh, I think it's coming back, but um, keep uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I love it. All right. Well, Nathan and I will be right back after this short message. You know, we didn't pay Dr. Jackson to 
lean into community of youth pastors so heavily, but it, it just happened to go that direction. And it's because it really matters. So you, everybody just heard about youth ministry booster and what it's what we're highlighting right now in terms of uh, that little ad spot, but from the heart beyond just an ad, we do youth ministry booster because we care about you as a youth pastor. And we believe that it will help fight against a lot of things that try to get us down. So Nathan, what are you walking away with today? I think I'm walking away with sometimes I think we try to pin it on one thing and it may be multiple things. So I think sometimes maybe the easy answer, kind of like Dr. Jackson was saying, you can just say, oh, they're apathetic and we don't want to do the hard work of figuring out maybe the why. Or like he mentioned and like you mentioned, Ben, it's the all this other stuff is going into it. They're being so bombarded with constantly being bombarded with stuff. And so what is that? How does that role, you know, kind of play into it? Um, and I think that is a piece of it. I think sometimes we just maybe, maybe just say, oh, well, you know, they're just not into this. And then we just say they should be. And then we move on instead of taking the time, like y'all talked about, just really figuring out maybe why that is. And then the other piece was just making that personal connection. I think we're just seeing over and over and over students want that personal connection of, man, I matter. And like my student pastor knows me. Yeah, man, that volunteer piece of it is huge that volunteer that, and he asked me a question before we, we pressed record and like, we just got into talking and I had to, I had to stop him pre-record and said, Hey, we're using up all the good, the good stuff before we record here. (laughs) So we had to hit it. But one of the questions that he asked me kind of off air was, do you remember a volunteer leader in your earliest days of student ministry as a teenager that helped you feel that way? Mm -hmm. And man, I, it's weird that he asked me that question because the answer in that for me is one of grew into be one of the best friends I've ever had. And so Mm -hmm. that volunteer was Chris Swain Mm -hmm. who, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and Chris was my eighth grade Sunday school teacher and and going into ninth grade. And he, he made us feel like we mattered and he spent time with us and did some crazy things with us that, I mean, he let us like get on the hood of his car while he drove around the parking lot. And <laughs> so probably not, sh- shouldn't do that in student <laughs> ministry today. Uh, but we're coming up on like here in a few weeks will be the one year anniversary of him passing away. So it's just the timing, at least at the timing of this recording, mm-hmm. the timing of that question is really impactful for me personally, because that person is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. But as a volunteer, he did that and he became after after I graduated high school, one of my best friends and was until the day he, he passed. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that doesn't happen with every volunteer, right? Like yeah. that, that just doesn't happen that way. But every volunteer does have the potential of making a lifelong impact in someone else. And in this moment of student ministry where apathy is rising and volunteer shortage is rising, it's important that we pour into those volunteers and help them know the impact that they can make. Mm-hmm. It can change a life. Like literally the trajectory of a life can be yep. can be changed because of how God uses that volunteer leader. Yeah, for sure. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. Once again, want to say thank you to Dr. Jackson for being a, a part of the show today. Amazing man, a lot of student minute. He's a sage, gives us sage wisdom in youth ministry. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time.